and welcome to my brand new podcast, Voices, with me, Sally Morgan. But you may know me best as Psychic Sally. Throughout my career, I have worked with celebs, royalty, and toured the world, helping people to find closure and happiness through the words and wisdom of their loved ones that have passed. This series, we will be hearing from voices of a different kind. Each episode, I will speak to powerful, strong, and influential women about their lives. Today, I talk to producer and director, Ree Chakraborty. Some of the crew, for instance, had situations where they wouldn't listen to me when I was directing. And, and I know quite a few women who've gone through that in the industry. I'm here today with an incredible lady who, if anyone's going to show us how to make a film or how to get on in the film world, it's going to be Ree Chakraborty. Hi, Sally. How Hello, are you? My, I'm very well, my darling. And um, I'm just about to tell all the listeners that Ree was the very, very clever lady that filmed and made, directed, produced, I think you wrote it as well. Um, <laughs> what, what did we call it? Sally Morgan's? It was The Psychic Life of Sally Morgan. The Psychic Life of Sally Morgan, which was, it was a huge success. It was, yeah. It was the, the highest watched program on the bio channel and i think it still holds that accolade that, uh, darling what can i say but anyway she, she, so you came into my my life many many years ago and i always remember the very first time we met and how you were your creative bent you could say that you were exhibiting then in a huge way was so easy for me to grasp and to see and you showed me and everyone else who were, were able to watch that film um, just how something with, with basically a really silly subject. I mean, you know, I'm going to film the life of a psychic, a psychic medium. I mean, in those days, people, it was like, what? It was just, well, how did you come up with that idea? It was, I'd seen you in a show and the, the commissioning editor of the Bio Channel at that time, which was part of Sky, said, is there any way that you could talk to Sally Morgan because we would like to do something with her? But we're not quite sure what it was. So I'd, I went to see one of your shows and I took the commissioning editor with me and she was just blown away. By, Obviously all secretly, by, was it all? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I certainly we, didn't know you we, were in the we, audience. We turned up and, and, and uh, our, our jaws had just dropped for the entire show because it was, it was phenomenal. And you grabbed the audience and I think that's what the bio channel wanted. But what they wanted more of was, was a, a real sense of who you were as a person, but without exploiting any of, of, of you as Sally Morgan. And they knew that their viewers wanted to see who the real Sally Morgan was. So we met and I think the rest is history. <laughs> but it certainly is. It's a, I always remember you did um, a little bit where you took me back to my childhood and to the very, very first place that I ever did what we refer to as platform work, which in those days, the only place that would allow you to show your ability shall we say were spiritualist churches and um you i took you back to kelverton spiritualist church in fulham um in kelverton road and do you remember we were sitting at a table and i was talking to the lady that ran the church and 
someone sat on the, do you remember? And you filmed it. I know, it was extraordinary because we had a... Also, Tell them what I was about to say then. Well, I, want, I thought you were going to say no, what it was. No, it's something that is still in my memory because the crew were very biased, I think. You know, they didn't... Yeah, have, well, they were guys. They were guys so, yeah. and, you know, everyone was a, a yeah. sort of laddie yeah. about things. But you had done this very... Um, profound interview with with the woman who ran the church and suddenly looked around and said oh look the person's been sitting in on the sofa and there was a sofa directly behind us all behind the table and we all looked round, and there was a uh, a mark it was an indentation yes. wasn't it so someone had actually and looked, on the looked, back yeah it looked as though someone had been sitting there for at least 10 or 15 minutes and we looked back at the rushes and there was no indentation before. No. And then there was indentation afterwards. And it we all just got goosebumps from it because we thought, well, hang on, something very weird has happened here. So I, all those years ago, you know, ha- meeting you and working with you, I think we worked on it for about six weeks, didn't we? That we did, yeah. It was very intense. <laughs> it was. It was very intense for you, darling, because you, you didn't, I mean, at the end of it, you didn't really know if it was going to be a success or not or, or be commissioned or whatever they call it. Anyway, you went on to far greater and better things, I'm very pleased to say. You know, I'm really interested in how you got into the industry, really, because, I mean, your love of film and broadcasting and radio. I know that you're very keen on radio as well. Tell me, how did you get into um, that genre? I fell into the genre of film and broadcast just by chance. I was on maternity leave. I worked for Shell and I was a marketing and sales manager. And I was on my maternity sabbatical thinking I was going back to Shell and saw a tiny advert in the newspaper, the Evening Standard, for a master's in broadcast journalism. And I went on that course, ended up working on a programme called Kilroy. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, can we say his name? Oh, oh um, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure we a can. A very famous, at that point, uh, Kilroy Silk. studio yeah. presenter. Yeah. Um, baptism of fire. <laughs> but I still carry the receipt from that master's from 1990 years and years ago. I still carry the receipt. It's gone through every wallet of mine because it was... It was my gateway to film and broadcast. Uh, it, it meant so much to me. Well, I think it obviously showed you how you can achieve and you can do it. If you really want it, yeah. you can have it. You can. And I was pregnant at the time and had my daughter and then thought, oh, actually, I've got time now where I can do something part-time or do something online. And and that's how it worked for me. I, I just happened to have that window and... Being then a, a young mum, it didn't stop me because I was able to be a mother and forge a career. Listen, you are an inspiration for women out there, girls out there that feel that they want to get into the film world because it can be, it's a bit of a glass ceiling, isn't it? It really is. It's very oh, male you. dominated. And I'm, I really appreciate your words. Thank you so much. Awesome. It is. It, it, I think as a woman in uh, broadcast, it has got easier over the last few years, but it, it has been a struggle um, for women who are out there, for girls who are out there. It, it's good now because there's a lot more training to to go into and, and you can work your way up very quickly do, do what do you mean by that uh university media courses and things not so much university but maybe camera courses and technical courses lighting yeah. sound um 
you know, uh, internships and things like that. Yeah, I remember you're very, very good with a camera because there are often, and I can remember doing a piece to camera, walking down the road, talk, and you took the camera because you knew exactly <laughs> how you wanted the shot to look. I never forget that. Oh. So, so you're very good with a camera. Oh, thank you. It, it, it's taken a long time. It's my 24th year now in media, and um, it it's just been a joy because it still feels like a hobby mm. and do you so what would you say to to the young girls out there and, and men and women but especially the young girls because this is about you know women in power um, or empowering other women um what would you say if someone said you know i, I really want to make films so i you know i want to be in broadcasting actually visually what would you suggest to them I'd say go and make as many films as you can on your phone, um, make podcasts, do YouTube videos, um, start off interviewing friends, um, even make up, you know, do things that you could go onto channels, online channels with, and you, you will start to get an audience and you'll start to see what really works for you. Mm. Uh, now it's easier because you can film on your phone and you can make stories all the time um, with any medium. It's it's yeah. a really nice way oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that our phones have given us all an opportunity to be a you know a director, haven't yeah, they? And absolutely. And I think that you know just sort of you could say regular people that would say that they don't have any creativity can actually find you know that creative bent in yourself. Um, what what are you doing at the moment? Because I, I as I'm talking to you, you know I'm, I pick up things, don't I, darling? You remember what I do, <laughs> don't you? Um, I, and as I'm talking to you. I'm already sensing that um, you're still on your journey. You're still on your journey to make that big, big sort of major film. Am I right? You're so right. You're so right. I'm, uh, I'm hitting 50 soon. And what I found is that uh, we should never give up on anything. And no matter what age we are, we're still on an archetypal bus and that's how I see life. You're on a bus, you're on a journey. If you get off one stop ahead of or in front, just make sure you get back on the bus and never give up. And I'm having a real thing at the moment where it is a real dream of mine to make a big film by the time, you know, for the over the age of 50. And this is where the problem is in media and broadcast, is that once you hit the 50s, as a woman, it's very difficult to stay in the industry so this is something that I really really want to do so your you could say your reputation or your work um that goes you could say before you mm -hmm. uh, that you've already done does that not stand you in good stead is does that not tell people that yes we can invest not only uh, money because films cost a lot of money to make but 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 also our time and our enthusiasm in that person your work before you it does and I have been lucky that way because I have got uh, I've got a cache of films and yeah. I've been an executive producer for for many years and luck is on my side when it comes to that so I can move forward in that way it would be nice for other women to also feel that um, I'm formulating something it's a creative group for women over the age of 45 because I want them to make their big journeys I want them to do what I've been doing and, and when you say that is that a group is this like a 
a club or what are you doing? I'm starting, yeah. So it's a bit like a club. It's very nascent at the moment. So I've just started to get a few women together. Um, but those who've been in the industry, maybe for about 10 or 20, maybe about 20 years, I'd say, who want to move forward and, and train up, um, use new cameras or make a film that they would feel really proud of that maybe they couldn't have done 20 years ago because they had children Mm. um, and it's the next stage of their lives. So are you looking at more topical subjects? Is it more sort of like the docu-side of things? My passion is documentaries and I love documentaries Mm. and when we work together as well there's a real sense of I really want to get to know the person that I'm filming and, and I love meeting people and working with people and telling their stories. So I would say that I am a storyteller. And with that comes documentary. I would like to make something more cinematic, maybe um, something that feels that there is a topic to it. There's a lot of things going on, especially for women nowadays. I'm a mother myself, so I can see my daughter go through uh, situations that I feel best comes out in a documentary yeah but do not feel that when you look at your i'm a mum of three aren't i as well three girls so it's a bit like when you look at the opportunities for her and how she is presented with those opportunities so different to you yeah i mean she has in your day i meant to say exactly and she but she's worked really hard and i think it's been very difficult the millennials as we call them Mm. um they're really working hard you know it's all about perfection and i think we probably had it a little bit easier because it was okay to fail 20 years ago it was okay to fail 30 years ago but do, do you not think for women it was okay to fail because we weren't expected not you know they didn't expect that we would climb that ladder yeah so when as we all do I mean every every successful person has failed in a way failure is is the key to success because you keep going but I think also think that when I look back uh, you know myself with my career um when I failed that the men expected that that's really interesting. Well, you know, and, and and really it was only because I'm the person that I am, like you. You know, you're strong, we're survivors, that I got up and I thought, well, no, I, you know, I'm not failing for me, not for you. And, and I think that um, us women that can inspire in whatever area, you know, like yourself in film, broadcasting, um, directing, writing because you write as well don't you I do and I uh, that comes back to the storytelling as well so it's a case of I always want a beginning middle and end (laughs) with anything there's always a a resolution that I'm looking for and the writing is something I do but for film and and for documentary I've not written a book yet oh it's there though (laughs) I think everybody I've interviewed I've said you want to write a book it's a bit like but everybody all us girls it's like we there's a book in us do you know what I mean it's true there there really really is so what if I said to you here's a pot of gold um go and make you know uh your what you really want to make what would what would it be I think it would be uh, a cinematic film with a documentary style to it. It's a, it's a fantastic question and one that I haven't really thought about and maybe I should give it a bit more thought. So, so a completely non-fiction then? Non-fiction, yeah, but maybe with a with a uh, a film theme. So let's say if it was The Psychic Life of, of well, Sally of Morgan, yeah. it would be a 90-minute film that we'd see at the cinema. Yeah. Yes, I would definitely need a makeup artist then, I'm telling you now. 
<laughs> you know, with the resolution that you have now, please. Enjoying the podcast? Why not join Sally for her 10-year anniversary tour? Psychic Sally, 10 years and counting. The messages from beyond will come in thick and fast in this funny, entertaining, touching, sometimes heartbreaking show. Sally will be using her skills as a world-renowned psychic in this jaw-dropping experience that has attracted and amazed theatre-goers and psychic fans for the last decade. To get your ticket, head to sallymorgan.tv now. And just so you know, this episode was recorded at City of Quebec. City of Quebec is situated close to Oxford Street, offering a chilled, relaxing atmosphere during the day and a selection of entertainment of an evening. Downstairs hosts their club and is open until 3am Friday and Saturday nights, with DJs putting their individual twists on each night. For all the latest goings on, check them out on Instagram at the Quebec. I talk about the glass ceiling and how women can basically get knockbacks when it's it just not fair. Um, how did you deal with situations like that? There have been many knockbacks in in my career as I, I was trying to move forward because there's a lot of threat in the industry. When, when people see a woman coming through, um, sometimes they find it quite threatening or they find it very difficult to, to work with someone who, who may just know a bit more or, or want to be a bit more creative um, and some of the crew for instance had situations where they wouldn't listen to me when I was directing and, and I know quite a few women who've gone through that in the industry but this was about 10 maybe 15 years ago and, and things have changed a little mm. bit since then um, people have had a bit more media training I think in, in that way um, but you do get uh, situations where if you've got children, for instance, and you've got school hours or you're having to go to nursery uh, and pick up, you know, th that doesn't work so well in, in television and film because these are 15, 18 hour days. That definitely, definitely. And so those are knockbacks that you have to turn down jobs maybe in different countries where you want to, you know, you... There's a fantastic documentary happening that's being filmed in Florida, which is a dream. But you've got three children at home and you want to be there to make their packed lunches and pick them up from school. So those are the knockbacks that have happened over the years. Um, and it's just trying to work around all of that because the passion is, is the program. And it's also making sure that you're a parent and at the same time yeah you know I look at you here today and having known you for many years every time we meet up again it's as if there's been no length of time in between and I find you more and more inspiring who inspires you oh uh, yourself obviously goes without saying yeah <laughs> um I ha have been really lucky with the women who have been in my life and one of the most inspirational, two of the most inspirational people in my life, uh, the first is my grandmother, was my grandmother, who was a very strong, capable woman uh, and had a very soft heart and she was beautiful in many ways and always told me that I could be whoever I wanted to be. And I think those words stayed with me. Um, the second is my daughter, who I, I look at and I just think, did you really come from me? It's you, 
everything about her is jaw dropping. You know, she she I'm in awe of her. And and I'm deeply grateful <laughs> that she allows me to be her mum. <laughs> as well uh, and there are a few uh, presenters on television um who inspire me in different ways as well and uh, charlene white is one of them she's a news reader uh for the six o'clock news on itv and ten o'clock news and she's got amazing survival instincts and she's worked her way up in the industry through adverse conditions and I love that. I love looking at women who are there on stage in media who show us that it's okay to to work at something. Yeah. That's, that's a lovely story, darling. Your grandmother, how wonderful yeah. is that? And when you think of your grandma, if you go back to that era, I mean, how difficult it must have been for her on so many levels. You know, so she was obviously someone that was looking to the future, very positive strong and courageous herself and you could feel that that's a wonderful story yeah she was and this was uh, she this was in india that my heritage is is from mm. india uh, my grandfather was the md of indian water of of uh, the, the he was an engineer and my grandmother had the intelligence uh, but at that point which would, would have been in the 50s it was impossible for women to to mm. have a career like that to be a scientist which is what she wanted to be uh, things may have been different uh, definitely are, are very different now but it was lovely that you were able to sense her strength and really say to her you know watch me I'll live a life that you're going to be proud of yeah. and I want you to be proud of me. That's, that's wonderful. And, of course, you, as you mentioned, your, your beautiful daughter. Your, um, you know, I've got daughters. I'm one in particular who I'm so proud of and she um, – and, and they, do, they get it from us. I mean, we mustn't sort of belittle ourselves, must we? Do you know what I mean? We're always self – I'm very self-deprecating. But I know that if I remain strong, if you remain strong, the children definitely, um, you know – we lead, they follow, yeah. and by example, and that's always a good thing, isn't it? It is, it is. And and to be a, a strong mum, I think, is is really important because mm. we are supposed to be role models in, in whichever way. Mm. Although uh, I think I've grown down and my daughter's grown up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned Malta to me. What's happening in Malta? Well, this is where I never give up on things, and, and, and it's all, it becomes quite diverse with with my world and and when you get to a certain point in your career that you then get asked to um exec produce uh, various films which i've been doing for a few years and i got a call a few uh, about two years ago from the malta film commission uh, because they give out funds for new productions in malta and they asked if i wanted to be one of their evaluators and I said, yeah, sure, that sounds like great fun. Mm. Thinking it was just for a small island, as Malta is, a beautiful sunny island, um, but didn't realise these are Hollywood, Bollywood, big blockbusters which are coming in, which are looking for funding from, from the Malta Film Commission. And um, that's what I do. And off the back of that, one of my fellow evaluators is the president of the Arts Council in Malta, who's made a job for me um, overseeing their arts channel 
And, oh, isn't and that wonderful? So, you, you know, this is what... Listen, ladies, if you're out there listening to this and you cannot see a way into film or into writing or into anything to do with broadcasting, never say no to anything. It may, You may diversify slightly, but you are still in there, aren't you? Don't get off the bus. Don't get off the bus, absolutely. I mean, that is, you know, that's a wonderful story. And I think that working for an arts council, it's um, because film is art, isn't it? It really is. We forget that, you know. We do. And there's a lot of things which are out there at the moment in broadcast on TV. There's a lot of reality shows out there. But ultimately, they're stories. Mm. And that's an art form. It's like looking at a painting or it's like going to a concert. We're using all of those attributes mm. and, and not forgetting that it's popular culture. It's artistic, isn't it? Oh, isn't it? It is. It's lovely. And did you know, we're so lucky to have you today because I know that you're going to cringe now, but Re gets married on Saturday. That's where I, no, no one should ever give up hope. <laughs> She's, she's, she get, and um, I'm not being a bridesmaid, everyone, but I'm going to the wedding. I've just Yay. got to tell you that. Um, I might just be a little bit of a flower girl. They're <laughs> throwing through petals at her. Um, so you're, and you've come along, you've said yes to doing this podcast. Thank you so much, darling, when you've got so much on your mind. She hasn't even ordered her flowers yet. So anyone out there who um, would, would just like a, 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 a little shout out, and you've got any flowers there, come on, everyone. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> amazing. Just some buttonholes. Yeah, well, we, I'm sure we can organise that for you. Um, listen, darling, thank you so much. That's and thank so you so much for, you know, being your normal inspirational self and telling everyone out there how they can get themselves into broadcasting in whatever way they wish. It's, it's massive out there, isn't it? It's the different massive. avenues that yeah. you can go down. And it's just looking out. It's starting, it's starting very small and writing maybe and filming on your phone and mm. then going you can hit the commissioners if you'd like to um the bbc various websites have got training schemes um there's mm. lots out there mm. i do think the training schemes are good you know a lot of people will say when it's an art form it has to come from the soul you know mm. from in here but i do think that it doesn't hurt one to have a bit of training especially when you're saying when you're looking at equipment like microphones and you know sound and uh cameras and things it's good to have that training isn't it yeah just gives you a bit of confidence and it's a case of just always keeping one step ahead of it's a very fast moving world film and broadcast yeah i'm very fickle it is fickle yeah but you've got to keep strong i say this isn't fat it's thick skin yeah yeah oh, well, I've, I've tried well mine is fat <laughs> <laughs> mine is definitely unfortunately it's definitely fat mine listen darling thank you so so much for coming along and um being a voice you're very welcome thank you so much I hadn't seen Ree for many years, so to catch up with her and interview her at the same time, that was very exciting. Being able to see how her career has progressed, how she's grown and matured, it was, it was an opportunity to look at someone that I've known for all these years and look at her work and to see her um, flourishing. It was, it was wonderful. She's a true inspiration. If you have enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star review and a little comment.
enjoying this podcast, then you will love The Real Brunch, a weekly pop culture podcast where three friends get together to discuss their lives. Would you rather be smart or pretty? Pretty. 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Smart. No, I can't be lying. I want to be pretty. <laughs> With amazing guest interviews such as Gok Wan. So you could say anything. Just put my name before it. You know what you're going to get. So yeah. it could be like Gok's Fill Your House of Free. Gok's Closed Roadshow. I mean, Gok Whips a Bear. I mean, you could kind of know <laughs> kind of what you're going to get. World champion athlete Dina Asher-Smith. Still, every single race, you can go out there and honestly just focus on yourself and try and beat your personal best, mm. which I think is really empowering in itself. So yeah, obviously, go to the Olympics you want to win. But if you come third in like a national record and a amazing time a time that you are the little child inside you can never have envisaged you could ever run you're going to be happy aren't you and of course sally morgan but me i used to go in when i was tired or i was going to go down with something darling like yeah. you did in, those days. <laughs> in the 50s you went down with chicken pox or the measles or whatever um and it, it, basically it, she used to say to me you'll have your funny moments now because it seemed as if when i wasn't very well I knew things. Search The Real Branch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. This was a podcast by Peroxide Media.